Second Kings chapter 6. Great to have my brother home tonight. I know he's getting ready to leave town again. It's been a great pleasure to have him here for the last few weeks. And last Wednesday night, my Lord, it was so awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you. It made me want to go home and read the whole book of Psalms that night. Uh, every time I go back to the Psalms, I'm, I realize something new. I'm thankful for that. Second Kings chapter 6, and I want to begin reading with verse number 1, and it reads like this. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us, or too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell and he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. The man of God said, Where fell it? And he shewed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore, said he, Take it up to thee. And he put, it, and he put out his hand and took it. I want to talk to you for a few moments out of my heart about recovering our cutting edge. Amen. Say that with me. Recovering our cutting edge. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The school of the prophets had outgrown their facility and they needed to grow, they needed expansion, and to construct a new place where they could gather and be taught. But it was not without its difficulties. There is no forward movement in life that is without its setbacks. I want to say that again because you need to get that. There is no forward movement in life without its setbacks. It seems that any time a person sets their mind to grow, there are going to be challenges to that growth. There are going to be things that come up and happen to challenge. As they were working in this area near the Jordan River, cutting down trees for the building of this facility, the Bible says that a young man swung his axe, and I guess he swung it with such force that the head came off and fell into the river and was lost to him. The focus turned immediately to recovering the lost axe head, and in the midst of the confusion, Elisha asked him a simple question, where did it fall? The Bible says that he took him to the place. What I want you to grasp tonight, a very simple 
principle and a simple thought is that something important was lost. Though it was small, and some would view it as insignificant, its symbolism was great, and its purpose was even greater. The lost axe head represented the cutting edge of the tool. It didn't matter how polished the handle was, and it didn't matter how long that handle was, what made that tool effective was that head, the axe head. It was the dynamic power of the tool. It was what made that tool effective. It was what helped them to accomplish their goal. It was what got them where they were trying to go. And it speaks of that in our life which gives us power. And yet the Bible says it was lost. The fact is that no matter how perfect the handle and no matter how well crafted and what kind of wood it was made out of, they could not raise up a house for God without the axe head. The work that was needed was done by that cutting edge. The work was limited because of its absence. Because it was not present at the moment, the work literally came to a stop. And fortunately, this man was wise enough to go find someone that could help him recover the lost accent. And it was lost in a time of busyness, but not just any kind of busyness. It was lost in the busyness of good things and proper things. They were doing the work of God. They were building a house for ministry. And yet in the midst of their busyness and in the midst of this great work, the thing that made that man effective in his work was lost. And the amazing thing to me is that he even acknowledged that it was lost. Because if it was left up to some of us, we would just go right on wailing away as if nothing had happened. And so it is often in life that many people lose their cutting edge, but they are too proud to admit it. When I talk about the cutting edge of your life, I'm talking about the thing that really makes you powerful in living for God. I'm talking about the passion that filled your heart when you first came to the Lord. And it didn't matter what was asked of you. You were there to do it. It didn't matter how many days of the week they wanted you there. You showed up. I'm talking about that part of your life that was so connected to God, that sensitivity that was there, that you hungered for God in such a way that nothing else would satisfy you unless the Lord touched you. Your worship, your praise, it was not just verbal 
uh, mumbling. It was not just words that came out of the mouth, but something that came from the heart. Somehow there was a passion. That's what I'm talking about. That's the cutting edge of our spiritual life. It's what makes us effective in living for God and serving the Lord. It is what makes us tools that are of use to Him. But how often that power and that cutting edge of our spiritual life is lost and we are too proud to admit it. I would ask you a question tonight, but I would not want to embarrass even myself. But the question that surfaced in my mind this afternoon was, has there ever been a time in my life that I was closer to God than I am right now? And if the answer to that is yes, then there's a good chance I've lost that cutting edge. That thing that makes me effective. Most people in life will be like um, those who try to do everything they can to make up for the lost head. And so they try to perfect the handle, polish it. They, uh, they go to seminars to learn how to be better handlers of the handle. They try to learn better methods and they better educate themselves and they posture themselves a little more, but they cannot make up for the one thing that is missing, and that's the cutting edge. Because it's the cutting edge that is making progress. It's that cutting edge that will help produce what we need to see produced. And if we lose the cutting edge of our spiritual life, we, in essence, become ineffective. What I'm after tonight is somebody that's hungry to recapture the cutting edge of your spiritual life. And you know what I'm talking about. You know if you're as close to God as you ought to be tonight. And you know if your worship is what it ought to be. And you know whether your commitment to the house of God is a commitment for connection or a commitment for His touch. You see, there's a lot of folks that come to church just for the social part of it. They can make friends. I remember reading the account of a man who was interviewed concerning a large denominational church that he went to. And the interviewer was asking him some questions. He was a, an executive, and he, his comment was, Well, I don't know much about that God stuff. But he said, I go because of the connections that I make there. I'm afraid to say that there, he is not alone in in that aspect, there are some people that come to church for the connections that they can make. They use the church as a network. And they wonder why their life lacks spiritual power. They wonder why when they pray, the prayers don't go very far or seem very effective. It may be that we're wailing away with just a handle, but the head, the axe, is missing. And tonight I have come to simply ask anybody in Greater Life Church 
Are you hungry to get that cutting edge of effectiveness and power and anointing back in your life? Is there anybody here tonight that's tired of pretending to have it? Am I the only one that comes sometimes and wonders, God, what is wrong with me? I go through the motions and I go through the mechanics, but it seems like there's no real heart there. We sang about it a while ago. The heart is missing. I, I tried feebly to preach about it Sunday night, but one of the errors of our day is the fact that men and women think they can serve God without heart that they do it from their head and they do it from their knowledge. God isn't interested in what I know. He is interested in what my heart feels about him. And I am here to tell you tonight that the thing that will make this church what it ought to be is not a more polished program, but it is an edge that is sharp and in its place. And when we do the work of God, we are making blows that really count for something. Amen. So the question comes, how can we recover the cutting edge? First of all, you've got to admit that you lost it before you can get it back. And that takes the swallowing of a lot of pride sometimes. You don't even like me to preach about this. I don't even like to preach about it because this sword cuts both ways. But there's a pride that envelops our life that keeps us away from the real power of God so many times because we're unwilling to admit that we've lost something, that we're not praying like we ought to pray, that we really, we just come to church and we just go through the motions, but there's really no heart in that. There's no passion about what we do. There are people that teach Sunday school classes that it's just an activity. I'm not saying here, but there are perhaps even here people that teach Sunday school classes that it's just an activity. It's not something that comes from the heart that when they step into that forum or into that classroom that they realize that today I can strike a blow in somebody's life that could make a difference for eternity and so we go through the mechanics or we come to church and we think it's just another Wednesday night it's just another Sunday we're marking time on a calendar waiting for a new year to roll around I'm here to tell you tonight I'm tired of waiting for a new year to roll I'm ready for something of the power of God to fall in this place I am ready for somebody to stand up and say God I've lost something but I'm hungry to recover it I want to get back to that place where I first knew you I want to come back to that place of dedication and commitment to you that I have had in my time past amen strange as it may sound there are many people who lose their cutting edge and their effectiveness and they pretend that it is it didn't even happen. They lose their cutting edge and they act like it doesn't matter. They just go on through life. They minimize it. Well, you know, church doesn't have to be so emotional. We don't have to be emotional to serve God. No, we don't have to be, but it sure makes a world of difference when we are 
emotionally connected to God because God is an emotional God or he would not have made us in his likeness. And we have emotions, so certainly God has emotions, and they are seen evidently in the Word of God. So God is looking for somebody tonight that's willing to admit, not minimalize my loss, but to admit that there's something that's not there that needs to be there. I think so often of the story of the woman who had ten coins, and she lost one of them, only one. She only lost one. Now, a lot of folks would have said, well, you know, I still have nine. And they would be content to go on through life and not worry about that one lost coin. But this woman realized that her life was not complete without that one that was missing. And so she did what any wise person should do. She got a broom, she got a light, and she started through the house in every room, I can see her moving into the closets and into the bedroom and down the hallway and out on the back porch and back in the house and everywhere she could go with that broom and that candle trying to find where that coin was because life was not where it ought to be and what it ought to be when there was one thing missing from her life. The sad reality is that in spiritual things and in Christendom now, we are content with a lot of things being missing as long as we have the majority of what we started with. I believe God is looking for somebody that's interested in the ten, not the nine. I believe God's looking for somebody that's so diligent and so hungry that they are not content to look at what they've got and say, well, you know, you win and lose in life, and you don't always go out of here what you started with. I want to go out of here with more than I started with. Amen. And the only way I'm going to do that is to get that cutting edge back. I've got to get that passion back in my heart. I've got to get that intensity. I I realized over the last few months and all the building and stuff, the prayer of my own life has gone lacking, and I feel that tonight. And I'm chastising myself. I'm not chastising you. I'm chastising myself by saying that you cannot have a pastor that doesn't pray. And this man that stands before you tonight is making a commitment to you that I am not going to pastor you without prayer but I have not prayed as I ought to pray over the last few weeks and you can say well you know you're busy and all that I want to tell you there is no excuse for not praying and there's no excuse in my life for anything missing that ought to be there Amen. it may not be prayer that's missing it may be the love of God that's missing You know, it's strange, but I've seen a lot of people that can pray and not really have the love of God in their life. I don't know how that works, but I'm not sure they're really praying because I've never been able to really pray and not the love of God. But I've seen people that they're mean, they're critical, they're sarcastic, they have no respect for people or feelings, they say and do things, their actions disregard what may influence their family or their children or anything else. They ignore all that. They're like Achan. 
If Achan could come and stand before you tonight and preach a message to you, I think the number one thing Achan would tell us is you need to be careful of your actions because they have repercussions to people who are innocent around you. His children suffered because of his selfish and self-centered living. Amen. He lost something along the way in life, and he didn't think it mattered that much. He lost his integrity with God. He lost his integrity to obey the Word of God, and he made an exception for himself. It won't hurt for me to take this garment. It won't hurt for me to have this little bit of gold. It won't hurt for me to possess these things. Nobody else will ever know, but the truth is God does know everything. And Achan's life is a testimony to those that live recklessly without concern of what their actions could do to their family or their friends or people around them. They lose that effectiveness in living for God. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it does matter when you lose small things. I said it matters when you lose small things. You know, sometimes people think that all the preacher does is he's just a cheerleader. He's just trying to get us emotional. No, we're trying to get people connected to the living God and get us off of this carnal plane that we live on. And it takes a divine presence to really make a difference in our life. And we can sing beautiful songs and have wonderful music and still never touch the throne of God. I'm not interested in that. If we don't have any music, I still want somebody to be able to stand and praise God and in their praise reach out and touch the throne of God. That is what makes our church effective. Not how professional we are because there are a lot of professional handle swingers. But I want an axe head on the end of the handle when I swing. It matters the small things that come up missing in life. One coin is all it was. And she made such a fuss over one coin. Some of you are wondering right now, when is he going to get through with this sermon so I can go eat? I'm trying to get you to find that one coin. That one coin because it makes a difference. It makes so much of a difference that God put the story in his word so you and I would be aware and conscious that little things matter with God. Somebody say little things do matter. The wise man cries out when he's lost the edge. I cannot be effective without it. I I cannot, you cannot be effective without it. And I don't want to try to be effective without it. I want to get it back. And it matters. It matters. What I'm hungry for is going to take a divine help, and I realize that tonight. Because that man could not recover what he had lost by himself. It took a tree being placed in the water for that iron to swim. It took a tree being brought in connection with that lost thing to bring it back to the surface. Where did he find it? He found it where he lost it. But he didn't find it without that tree being involved. And this is what I have discovered about living for God. There is one power 
that can bring back the forfeited blessings in my life, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that will cause to rise up in me those things that have been lost so that I might recover them. It's when I get reconnected to the blood and the sacrifice and the love and the mercy that was expressed at Calvary that things can be resurrected in me. I am fearful that I myself stay too far away from Calvary. I stay too far away from its influence. I am like so many that stand at the shadows and stand within the shadows, looking but never coming close enough. But when that tree was placed in the water, the Bible says that the iron did swim. I understand this much about that story to know that if you will bring the cross back into your life, it will bring back into your reach the things that are missing. Amen. When you get the tree reconnected to your life, it will make things turn around. Anything can happen. Iron can swim. Now, folks, I'm not real smart. But as last time I went to school, that kind of thing doesn't happen unless there's a divine intervention. Anything can happen when we get back to the cross and back to the Calvary that is so precious and so dear. God, help me to get back that cutting edge. So that my testimony is effective. So that my witness is more anointed. So that when I pray, my prayers reach higher. When I worship, my worship helps create an atmosphere where the miraculous takes place. That when we begin to worship, there's like a glory cloud that covers this place. And the presence of God saturates this building. And hearts are mended. Hearts are healed. People are delivered. People are set free. I'm just here to tell you tonight that if it's lost, it can be found. But it will not be found until I admit that it's lost. And I let the right things become connected to my life again. Amen. Let's stand together. Somewhere, somewhere in the deep, dark corners of the heart, there is an understanding of God. There is a knowledge of His will for my life that I have to resurrect. I have to see resurrected. I've got to get back to that place of consecration and commitment to Him. Because it doesn't matter how beautiful we make this building. If the presence of the the Lord is not here, we can write Ichabod over the door. Amen. I love what's been done around here. I love the hard work that's gone into it. But I know that you can lose something important during a busy time. Amen. We can lose something very valuable during 
a busy time and a good busy. I mean, we're working for God. We're working in the house of God. God helped me to go back to that place where I lost it. And I know where it was. It was that morning I got up and decided I was too busy to pray. It was that day I got up and was too busy to read the Word. It was that opportunity that I had to to really reach out to somebody, but I had other things on my agenda. God, take me back to that place where I first knew. Would you just close your eyes right now? I feel the presence of the Lord here. I believe that, that God is moving right now in this place. God, help me to get that cutting edge back in my life.